0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me
1: every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Dallas Cowboys have signed Martavis Bryant to the practice squad Will he have a role in this offense sooner rather than later? All that and more this episode of the Locked On Cowboys Podcast.
2: You are Locked On Cowboys, your locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast locked Network, your on. team every locked day.
0: Locked On. Locked,
1: locked On. Locked, locked, on. on locked On Cowboys. Locked On Cowboys. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code Lockdown NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. We are answering your Twitter questions today, and we got about 50 of them uh, asking us about Martavis Bryant, the newly yeah. acquired Dallas Cowboys receiver.
0: Landon, what do you think his role is going to be on this team right away? Well, I'm pretty sure before the show that you said that he thought he was going to be the best Bryant receiver since Antonio Bryant. So uh, uh, let's see my favorite that holds out. <laughs> uh, you know, look, I think this is a classic Will McClay lottery ticket, right? Uh, this is a guy that, you know, was a phenomenon in the league at different points, ha- obviously is the kind of classic. I mean, frankly, uh, Josh Gordon keeps coming up in my brain every time I think about them, yeah. right? It's, it's that sort of mercurial, talented wide receiver that, you know, couldn't stay on the field due to the NFL's <laughs> rules and bylaws, which, at this point, have now been eliminated. The reason yeah. that he had was, uh, uh, lost his basically his career for the last four years. So uh, he just got reinstated, I think it was two weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, mm-hmm. And he started reaching out to teams. Um, you know, he's had a little bit of a, a career at the XFL, he's played a little bit in the CFL, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Um, and so he's been playing some kind of form of football for a while. He posted a video of a workout that he did recently that showed some GPS tracking that shows he can still kind of get hit close to 22 miles an hour. So he can still run at least, you know, look, I think you and I have had a, like a kind of extensive conversation about this last night after it happened. And I think the range of outcomes here is pretty wide, but I think that, that ultimately early on, he's going to be a practice squad player he's probably going to need to work himself into actual football shape, I would say. Um, And so I don't imagine that his impact is going to be immediate. uh, But if he is going to make some waves as a actual offensive player or as as a, as a game day active roster player, uh, I would imagine that it would probably be closer to December uh, than it is in, you know, Thanksgiving or, you know, the middle of this month. I just think that, you know, look, when you're big, when you're six four and you can run like that, can you still do things? I I think you definitely can. Uh, the question is, where are the other aspects of his game? Where is his vertical explosion? Where's his strength? Where's his you know his actual skill? Uh, that's I think what we're, we're we're gonna find out here in you know the next few weeks.
1: All right. So just really quickly, if you're not familiar with Martavis, because this was like a decade ago, the last time he played in the NFL. That's- just just to kind of fill you in on what kind of player he was, because I had, I've was fortunate enough to see him with the Raiders and then being here near Pittsburgh, I got to see him a lot. Go on, go on.
0: What team did you see them with? Yeah, I'm the sorry. Pits-
1: yeah. The, the voodoo uh, okay. Steelers. Uh, so <laughs> basically with Martavis, it was nine routes slants and any kind of crosses, right? Where you can get him using his speed. And when he was healthy and he was playing, he was unbelievable. He was the best Steelers yeah. receiver for about a seven to eight game stretch. He was out producing Antonio Brown. When Brown was at his peak. Okay. Just, just remember that's how good he was for a little bit. His ability to make plays down the field is insane. It's just been a while since we've seen that player. That one, that's when he was like 23, 24 years old. He's 31. Now we were talking about this yesterday. I just have a hard time seeing him, seeing a path for him on the active roster for a couple of reasons. Number one, yeah. He hasn't played special teams in his life, whether that was in the XFL, CFL, NFL, college, or high school. Like he just doesn't offer anything there. And your top four receivers, CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, and then Jalen Tolbert does play special teams. But you know, those oh, are that's your top decreasing four guys. as, yeah, that's as the decreasing. weeks go on. Yeah. Cavante Turpin's gonna be active every single week because he does play special teams and he's getting more run on offense. So where does he fit in? I don't see the Cowboys deactivating Michael Gallup to put Martavis Bryant on the field, but that's probably what would have to happen, or somebody would have to get hurt in order for him to even think about getting a helmet on game day,
0: or that you'd have to like go short at another position, right? Like at, at tight end, or maybe... which you
1: could do. Uh, could you could you keep six receivers active? Could you keep seven receivers? Uh, even at, I mean, because they have what six on the roster right now with Jalen Brooks being the sixth guy, right?
2: Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. could you have seven guys on your active roster
0: Uh, or or you could call him up right as as a practice squad guy for a couple of games to see i mean depending on it depends on what the situation is right like is this an injury like insurance situation or is this a hey like he's really been showing out in practice this looks like a guy we can use now we got a decision-made kind of uh, the reason
1: uh, I act. don't think it's that is we just got a, a quote from him in the locker room where he said, I'm going to need a few weeks to get in shape.
0: Oh yeah. No, I don't look, look, I, let's be clear right now. He's on the practice squad. I don't think he's going to be on the active roster soon. Like this, no, w- no. The conversation we're having right now is what happens when he gets into game shape. And if, when he gets there, he actually looks like a player. Then it's like, how do we figure out the roster gymnastics to get him up into the game day?
1: I just look at this as like a lesser version of the T.Y. Hilton signing last year, where you signed T.Y. Hilton, was it after Thanksgiving, got him ready so he could play, was it the week before Christmas Eve, right? And you got him kind of a run just in case you needed him. To me, that's probably like the, the most optimistic view. Part of me just thinks Landon. You look at their practice squad receivers, and it's Tyron Johnson and Jalen Moreno Cropper, who are basically like slot only guys. Yeah, exactly. Those are the only two guys on the practice squad, and maybe they just wanted to add somebody with a little bit more size and speed to give them some different looks as they go into this next, you know, four game stretch.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I like that's why I was saying. I, I think the wide the outcomes here are are incredibly wide. From he's just a useful practice squad player who is is great for for game, you know, for game reps, like to get ready for the game. Or you know, eventually maybe he actually does become a player who you can roster. I, I think ultimately, uh, the issue becomes like how do you get him on the roster, even if you wanted to, right? It's going to have to be injury based, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, because I just. We're already talking about how we want to see Jalen Tolbert get more reps. We Every time Cavante Turpin's on offense, it seems like good things are happening. So I, I don't see a role right now for him. I know there's been some other
0: NFL insiders that say the Cowboys have a role ready for him. I, hmm. I, I just don't know if I buy that. It would definitely take some reconfiguring. I mean, you definitely would have to reconfigure the roster a little bit. Some folks that are not playing as many special teams would have to play more. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the thing that makes this the, the the thing that makes this situation weird is the where the rubber meets the road, like the actual like, how does this guy fit into the roster? How does he fit onto a game day you know, roster? How do you elevate him and or still have the bodies you need at all the special teams positions yeah. if you're taking away another guy that can't play special teams? And then what happens if you do all that and one of your special teams players gets injured in the game? You know, so it's like you have to consider all that stuff. So it's not easy. I think, it, like I said, it's a lottery ticket. But I, I think the key thing to think about is that it's a lottery ticket that they put in their pocket. You know, yeah, so it them nothing. Right. Like, yeah. And I think December is when you you circle back to see, hey, did any of these numbers hit? And if they did, you're yeah, maybe you find a way to do this and it works. If it didn't, you know, you just hold on to them and see what happens. They've extended the practice squad to sixteen players
1: now. This is this is the reason why. So you can take shots on players like Davis Bryant, give him a month to get in shape and to learn the offense. And if we get to December and it's hey, he's you know just not working out, you cut him and you move on. And it's it doesn't doesn't cost you a draft pick, doesn't cost you on the salary cap. Why not? These are these are smart upside uh, signings by Will McClay in the front office. You might as well gamble on somebody who was as dominant as Martavis Bryant five, six years ago. Uh, Landon, let's talk about some of the contract decisions that the Cowboys have made over the last couple of years. And if it's coming back to bite them on the field, we will get to that next. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fastest and the easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat in their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. The all in prices show you your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal without all the hidden fees. You can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps on your phone. I absolutely love game time. It's what I use to buy all my tickets. Now, you can take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. All you have to do is download the game time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, that is uh, LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off after you create an account and redeem that promo code. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
2: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
1: Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast. Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel, Host Tanitra Batiste, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs will break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and so much more. Plus, get the in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Lena, let's get to some more questions. This one from Jay. He wants to know, why do the Cowboys insist on paying hurt guys? Should they reconstru- uh, reconsider
0: their strategy here? I I don't know. I mean, I think th- this is not like a widespread you know thing. I think it's been three key players right that have kind of fallen under this. One of which I think is regrettable now by the way they played Gallup, but Terrence Steele just signed his deal. He came off a major knee injury. They have full insight into exactly what happened with him. Uh, And as a guy that has earned that contract. So I'm not certainly, I think people are writing steel off too, too early. You know, this is, this is nine games into this contract and he's coming off a major knee injury that, you know, most of the people that are complaining about the way he played said he wouldn't even get back from uh, in time. So I have a hard time writing the steel off at this point. You know, I think you and I had a conversation before the show about, you know, retroactively looking at what happened with Pollard and uh, the the franchise tag and everything, I think the Cowboys kind of got screwed there a little bit by the timing of things, right? Like because they 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 knew they wanted to hold on to Pollard. Pollard was definitely one of the top names, if not the top name, in the running back market when it came in. When it came, uh, you know, and and the other guy that was kind of at the the market there too was you know uh, Barkley. So. Mm-hmm. I, I think that I, I think that the Cowboys made a decision based on what they felt like was going to happen in the market with the franchise tag. The, the market then abruptly just cratered right afterwards. Uh, I think it wasn't too long after that you saw some of these re-signing contracts and they were just you know pathetic. Yeah, and David so Montgomery, Miles Montgomery. Sanders, is, I'm sorry, yeah. yeah, I couldn't remember which one it was, but yeah, yeah but both of those contract. guys, both of those guys yeah. got way less than what people were projecting them on the open market. Which I mean, you know, maybe Pollard still commands more than those guys because I, Pollard was was still considered a better free agent, I think, you know, universally. Um, but I, I, you know, I think it just the timing of that kind of just didn't work out in the Cowboys' favor. But I, I you know, look, I think of if we're power ranking, you know, uh, by if we're reverse power ranking these by by which one is the worst of these, you know, injury contracts or whatever. I think the Gallup one is this clearly the worst one um but I, I you know the pollard one i think it was something you felt like you kind of had to do or or you you could have ended up paying more money on the other side it just didn't work out that way and then on the steel thing it's it's just early you know i just i think he's coming back from this knee injury i think people you know kind of they get, they they look at the latest game and then they pro- pro- project that out as like the, the future forever steel is going to get better he's going to recover more from his knee he's going to get more confidence and he's going to play better football uh, I I really do believe that. So I I it's hard for me to write off that one. I definitely can understand some frustration over the Gallup one and the Pollard one's kind of timing wise. So I don't. So I guess what I'm getting at is I don't think that this is a strategy the Cowboys need to abandon. It's not always going to work. Even the ones where you sign guys before they're injured don't yeah. always work. Well, so I, I'll I'm, give you another. One. And this one's go. a little lower stakes,
1: but um, the Cowboys signed Leighton Vander Esch to a. Pretty reasonable deal this offseason. Was it like two years, $8 million? But, again, that was him coming off of an injury last year where he missed the final was it like month of the season with a neck injury. He played four and a half games this year. And then we had Stephen Jones yesterday saying, we still don't know if he's going to come back this year. Is that another one where the Cowboys probably should have just moved on and been like, hey, we were lucky to get you back for the playoffs, but we don't need to invest any more money into this situation?
0: Maybe, you know, but I, I think that there was something to the idea of what was the alternative if you didn't get Leighton Van Der Eschen in, in the, the, the room, right? Like, it may have been a worse situation if you didn't have another linebacker in there. So, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I mean, I think there is certainly is something to the idea that obviously there is downside to signing injured players. I mean, the upside is that you get more talented players on cheaper contracts when you do that. And, and you know if we're looking at it from a 10,000 10, foot view, the Cowboys have a very talented roster. And and part of that is being able to kind of steal talented players here and there through unconventional means, right?
1: Well, and let's, uh, let's give an example of when it's worked, right? The Cowboys were able to sign DeMarcus Lawrence to a yes. very, very team friendly deal. Was it last off season? And that's because DeMarcus Lawrence is coming off a foot injury where he broke his foot during the 2021 season, right? Mm-hmm. Um, missed a good chunk of that season and now you've got somebody who's playing really good football at half of the price that he probably should be going for. So it, it, it's not like the Cowboys are batting 0% here on signing injured guys to long-term deals. Just
0: to be I fair. Mean, I mean, do we need to mention the the number one guy here, that we, the injured guy that we signed to a long-term contract? Because I'm pretty sure that Dak Prescott played pretty good in that game the other night against the Eagles. So, yeah, they just didn't really get a discount on that one, but yeah, I think it's a well, fair point. It looks like a discount right now. That's the thing about you know, quarterback contracts is that they always look expensive at the time. But I think you know the idea—if the idea is not to sign injured players—I mean, Dak's injury was pretty, pretty terrible. Pretty. Gnarly. They signed yeah. him, and and it worked out pretty good. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the number. Yeah, they didn't get the discount because he is still a franchise quarterback, but the point still stands.
1: I do think I'd like to see the Cowboys be just a little bit more cautious giving out these deals. And listen, we've seen them before take the approach of we're willing to to let players play out their deals and we're going to pay more on the back end to have a little bit more comfort of knowing what the player is. And I think Demarcus Lawrence is a great example, right? They tagged him, was it twice, and then gave him a long-term deal because basically they wanted him to show that he is an elite edge rusher. They did the same thing with Dak. I am probably more in favor of that because it does seem like when the Cowboys try to sign some of these players early or off of, you know, injuries, trying to get a little bit of the discount more often than not, I, I don't think it ends up having some of the advantages that they hope for.
0: Yeah. I, I, and I think ultimately what it is, is that they're just trading the uncertainty of, of injury situations even th- that they feel like they have better knowledge of than the uncertainty of, how is this player going to fit into our scheme? How is sure. this player going to fit into our system? How is this player going to fit into our locker room? Um, and and I think that's, but that's not a, a universal thing. I think it's they pick their spots, right? So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely think that they've, they've 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 hit some losses here and there uh, on doing this, but I also think that it's not a strategy that they should completely abandon. No, I,
1: I because it is how you can get some really really good discounts, and in the case of like Demarcus Lawrence. It's how you were able to sign somebody like Dorrance Armstrong to a, yep. a second contract is because of the savings there. So, again, not completely opposed to them doing that, but maybe just scale it back just a, a tiny bit. Maybe you don't need to give out two or three let's, of these hey, deals at the same scale back
0: the Let's scale back the injuries. How about yeah, that? that? Let's scale sure. back that. That'd be a better option if we could do that. All right. Speaking of Tony Pollard, should the
1: Cowboys consider giving his backup more touches? We will get to that next. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Did the game go to timeout? Time to order in with DoorDash. Is it halftime? That is ordering in time. Two-minute warning. You got it. That is your cue to order in. Why root for your favorite team on an empty stomach? Order on DoorDash and save on your football watch party favorites. Order pizza, wings, sodas, burgers, or even just buns on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game. Get prepared before game day. Stock up on all of your favorite appetizers and order all of your tailgate gear on DoorDash. Then get ready to watch your team win. If you're out in Dallas, out in Arlington, there's so many great places to order DoorDash in. I love 24-7 tacos. I love nothing more than tacos on game day. Uh, Check out some of the absolutely amazing restaurants. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply. Again, make sure you're using that promo code LOCK23 to get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app, subject to change, terms apply.
2: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: All right, Landon, we've got time for one more question here. This one comes from Marty McSuperfly. Ah, oh, great, Dan. <laughs> I love that. That's yeah. great. Is it time to give Rico Dowdle some more opportunities
0: on offense? Well, Mike doesn't think so. Um, McCarthy came out yesterday. that Someone specifically asked them that question. And and I I think he was more just annoyed with the previous two questions. And that's why he didn't answer it like that. Um, I I, I think that, again, I still can't explain it. I still don't understand it. But I think that Tony Pollard played his best half of football in that second half of that Eagles game. So... uh, but there's still half a season left. So, yeah, I mean, I do think it's good to give Dowdle more carries simply because there's going to be a lot of carries left in the season and and you don't want Pollard to just, you know, get lit up like a Christmas tree with carries, you know? And so uh, I I, I do think that Dowdle has shown that he is more than capable, right? That he is more than capable to, to take carries and to be a, a kind of positive influence in the run game and be able to uh, be a physical presence between the tackles when you know the, the Cowboys don't necessarily get that all the time from Pollard, right? Uh, yeah. And I think that that kind of change of pace element really does help the offense, you know? So uh, I, I think that Pollard has shown a little bit more explosiveness, a little bit more juice, I think, this last, like I said, the last half. So I do want to kind of see that and see him uh, avail himself of that a little bit more. But I, I, you know, it's hard not to look at what Rico has done in, in limited carries and not be, you know, excited to see him get some more carries, some more opportunities. And and again, if it makes sense in conjunction with trying to give Pollard some relief, I don't I don't really understand why. Uh, I mean, I think the the question to McCarthy was more of a fantasy football kind of question. It felt like, and I think that's how sure. he responded to it. But I I have a hard time believing that we're not going to see Dowdle potentially get some more carries uh, as the season goes on, just simply because, you know, football starts to get tougher. You want a more physical presence and you don't want to uh, overdo uh, Pollard. When we get to the later part of the season, we're really going to need him against th- these really tough teams. This one's complicated for me
1: because like in a vacuum. Yeah. I want to see him get more touches. He had two carries on Sunday. One of really he had three carries. One got called back because of the schoonmaker uh, holding call so yeah do I want to see him get more than two carries absolutely but it's not like Pollard's getting 27 touches a game and Daddle's getting two Tony Pollard had 12 carries in this game three receptions against the Rams 12 carries one catch like we're struggling to even get Tony Pollard 15 16 touches a game so do you all of a sudden want to take Pollard down from to you know from what 15 down to 11 probably not. Um, and I also don't really want to take the ball out of Dak's hands, right? Like we saw, we saw Dak play awesome when you just give him the ball and let him kind of run the offense. Uh, I don't know. I, I I I want to see him get to like six or seven touches a game, but anything more than that, I think is maybe a little bit too much.
0: Yeah, and, and, and this is maybe why you know you you thought about looking into running backs at the trade deadline is because you know you felt like. If you wanted to run the football more, that you might want more juice there, um, but the Cowboys didn't do that. And ultimately, what they did do instead is play a game in which the they played their most important opponent, and they threw the football. What was it like thirty-five times and only ran it fifteen times? So, uh, yeah, I, I think I think you know the Cowboys as much as we talk about the Cowboys being a running team, like I I think you and I have pointed out from the beginning, that's a lie, you know, like, I mean, they want to run the ball efficiently. And I think, I I think it's important for Pollard to be part of that. Uh, But I I think that this is a passing team. um, And if you look at, if you look at the efficiency by formation uh, uh, you know, uh, 11 personnel 10 personnel those are the most efficient uh, personnel groupings that the cowboys have right now um and i think a lot of it has to do with the fact that you know the 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 run game just hasn't been where it needs to be and I, I don't think but i don't think that that's necessarily a pollard issue i would also be more inclined to
1: have the cowboys run the ball like try to get 25 26 carries a game if their defense was holding like elite opponents to 16, 17 points a game. Like if if the Eagles only scored 17 points in this game and you know, the Cowboys held them to let's say seven points in the first half, then I get it. But when the Eagles are scoring touchdowns on their first three drives of the game, you kind of really can't afford just to try to play that ground and pound style of offense. I think the Cowboys are at their best when Dak Prescott is controlling the pace and you're giving him the ball and you're letting him throw the ball on first down he's averaging like nine and a half yards per attempt on first down this season. I'd rather just see Dak do that and then mix in the Pollard and Dowdle touches and try to get those guys to combine 24 touches as the game goes on rather than making them the focal point of the offense.
0: I'm pretty sure that they're the number one team. The Cowboys are the number one team in EPA per play when they're in empty formation. I mean, it's not a surprise. So and, and, and honestly like just think about in your own history right like when Dak is in empty the offense works a lot you know so uh yeah i do think that Pollard you know uh does need some uh, uh, help with Rico just to kind of keep the the touches down but i also think that like like we've said like this is not last year really where you know z- Pollard and Zeke were both getting twelve carries a game. Like the running backs are getting something like fifteen carries a game, sixteen carries a yeah. game total, yeah. you know. And and then on top of that, Pollard gets like maybe three or four touches in the pass game, you know. So uh, I think Dowdle has got a pretty hefty role considering how little the usage is. Um, but I do I do think that it, there might be some benefit in just kind of giving him a, a, maybe a, a an uptick in the percentage of those carries. As the season goes on, I do think we're coming into this stretch that we always have every year, where the Cowboys end up playing three
1: games in 12 days or whatever. Yeah, I got a feeling that's when you're going to see more of Dowdle. When you have that stretch where it's is it what they play at Carolina and then they play home against Washington and then I believe it's uh, home against Seattle the following week. Like that's probably the time to give Dowdle some more work and maybe scale back. Maybe not even Pollard's touches but just the number of snaps. So he's not having to be on every single pass blocking third down snap or whatever. I, I got to believe that his snaps are going to go up over the next couple of weeks. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making locked on Cowboys. Your first listen every single day, every day dayers, on tomorrow's show. We've got the crossover show with Patricia Trena from locked on giants. Uh, that's quite the episode. So make sure you tune in for that. Uh, you can follow the show <laughs> on YouTube. We post shows every single day over there. Uh, again, we'll be back on Friday to break down this Cowboys-Giants game. Go follow Lane on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we will see you next time.
2: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.